Hi, I'm Gabriel Garcia. My wife, Legenska, and I have the privilege of pastoring Emmanuel Church here in Houston, Texas. We're excited that you're joining us here today on our podcast. We hope that we can connect with you in person, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., on our social media outlets at My Emmanuel Church, and on our website at myemmanuelchurch.com. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you. Enjoy. Thank you again for joining us here today. Welcome. I am genuinely glad you're here. I know that we say that all the time, but I I mean it. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to see you here today. Um, If you have missed out on uh, or not been here before, welcome. Um, If this is your first time or if you're visiting us or if you go to our Spanish service and you're stepping in today, we're so glad you're here, too. We get to see what we do here in our English service. And um, we, uh, we have started a new series, so you're right in the middle of a series that we're calling Extravagant. And if you missed out last week, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties, so you cannot listen to it online. Uh, my mic died on me in the middle of the, the sermon, so, it, so we missed out on, like, half of everything that was going on. Hopefully... Let's pray that this does not happen today. Uh, because I, I'm, I'm excited for the word I have to share with you. I like this series. Uh, in part, this series is based on a book called Extravagant by Pastor Brian Jarrett. He is a pastor uh, of a church that is over 100 years old in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he is an amazing speaker and everything. And I, uh, I based the series partially on that book. It's a book that I read years ago, and it's kind of difficult to find nowadays. You can find it on Amazon if you're interested, uh, but it is a little bit difficult to look for. Um, I don't know why. Uh, it's a great book, and I, I do highly recommend it. But today, today, part two of our series of Extravagant, my message is entitled Extravagant Gratitude. Extravagant Gratitude. And I know that... Uh, it, it's, it's turkey days around the corner. Uh, anybody love turkey? Uh, I like turkey. Uh, I know that like Hispanics, we tend to have the turkey, but there's also like everything else. There's tamales and pupusas and uh, menudo, pozo. Like there's everything else besides the turkey. Sometimes the turkey doesn't even get touched until the end after everything else is gone. But uh, 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 one of the things that we focus on during this month is gratitude. We talk, we talk about thankfulness. People start thinking about what they're thankful for. And I don't know about your family tradition. Sometimes, uh, occasionally, our family would sit around the table and we'd say, all right, everybody get, gets to say one thing that they're thankful for uh, today on Thanksgiving. You know, And, and that, that only happens rarely because we are usually at a youth convention. Uh, that we go to with our youth, and they will be going this year again, too. It's going to be here in Houston. Um, We're excited about that. But thankfulness, gratitude, this, this idea, this way of living is so important to life, yet I think that Christians often miss the point. Uh, as I was preparing for this message, I did a quick search on YouTube for the word gratitude. And I found so many videos about 
why gratitude is important, how it improves your life, and so much else. And there were so many videos that had a very spiritual emphasis on gratitude. However, there were very few, I could count them on one hand out of the pages and pages that I went through, that were of a Christian perspective of gratitude. And then I, I, I searched on Google. I was like, is this just YouTube? So I searched on Google. I was like, okay, Google, like, what is, what, what is gratitude? Like, I, I searched the word gratitude again in Google, and I found a lot of uh, psychological, mental health uh, magazines and things like that talking about gratitude. And again, it wasn't until, like, the third or fourth page that I found Christian emphasis on gratitude. And that confused me so much because as Christians, we should live thankful lives, but it doesn't seem like Christians are thinking about gratitude. It seems like the rest of the world knows how crucial gratitude is, thankfulness is to a happy life, but the church hasn't seemed to ca catch on. There's something missing from our lives, and then I thought about it, and I was like, well, no wonder there are so many grouchy Christians. There are so many Christians that are just angry about everything all the time and complain about everything all the time. Rather than be grateful for what we have or rather than even be grateful about our church, a lot of times we find ourselves complaining about our church. We find ourselves complaining about God, to God about what God hasn't done instead of being grateful for what God has done. Gratitude has so uh, such a critical purpose in in helping us to be happy and healthy and, and grow in our faith, yet we miss it. It, it, it. it only ends up in our heads, unfortunately, like once a year when it comes to Thanksgiving. And we think, oh, now, you know, now it's a season of gratitude. It's time to be thankful for things. Instead of being thankful all the year round or every day of our lives. Because we have so, so much to be thankful for. In fact, when we look at the Bible, and, and this is what like confused me so much, when we look at the Bible, there is so much on thankfulness. There is so much on gratitude. You look at the book of Psalms, the Psalms are full of songs of praise and gratitude and thankfulness. In fact, Psalm 100 says the way to enter into the presence of God is to be thankful. So maybe if we're missing the presence of God in our lives, it's because we're not thankful. We're not being grateful for what God has done for us. The, the Apostle Paul and all the apostles that wrote letters and every time, every part of their letter contained some kind of gratefulness. They had some kind of thanks that they gave for the people they were writing to or for God for what they had done in the church's life or in their own life. Jesus often went away to pray. And every time we have a recorded prayer of Jesus, Jesus is always giving thanks. So if Jesus gave thanks, if the forefathers of, of the church gave thanks, if the scripture is filled with thankfulness, then I think we need to get a handle on it. We need to understand why it's so important for us to be able to live, with a, life, live a life of gratitude. And so to emphasize this point, I'm going to go to a story in Scripture, Luke chapter 7, verse, starting at verse 36, and we're going to go from 36 to 50. It's a little bit of a long story, but I love the story, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. This story uh, shows us a woman that 
it expresses her gratitude and a man in this story who is obviously not very grateful for what's going on in his life. So Luke chapter 7 verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood beside him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And not even knowing that this was an internal, this, I'm going to take a break here. This was an internal monologue that the Pharisee was having. This man um, was having this thought to himself. And the next verse tells us in verse 40, it says, Jesus answered him. Jesus answered his thoughts. He didn't tell nobody what he was thinking, but Jesus knew and answered him. It says, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Teacher, tell me, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, and she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began them among the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. I love this story. And this, uh, a version of this story appears in all four of the Gospels in the New Testament. But this story, this one is a little bit different, though. Uh, of the other three times this story appears... Uh, some one time it names her Mary. Um, and so there are scholars that believe that this instance, this one right here, is a little bit of a different story. It's a different instance because the other stories mention a place. They mention a city. They mention uh, when it was. But this one doesn't. It, uh, it doesn't name when it was happening. It doesn't name where it was happening except for the house of who, who, who had invited Jesus, Simon. He was a Pharisee. And the woman in this story doesn't have a name that we know. And so this story, I think, stands out among the other ones because the other stories are focused on money. And they're focused on uh, the thoughts of other people in the room. And they're talking about how, oh, this money, she could have sold that and she could have given the money to the poor. And Jesus responds to them in those stories and tells them, well, the poor is always, are always going to be with you, but she is anointing me for my burial. 
But this story, I love this version of the story. I love this instance because if it, even if it is the same story, it gives us a deeper gl glimpse into what was happening in this moment. You see, this woman came to Jesus not because uh, uh, someone told her. She had heard that Jesus was coming. And in her heart, she had known that she had been forgiven so much by God. And she wanted to express her love and her gratitude to Jesus. On the other hand, we find Simon, who we don't know what his intentions are, but obviously he didn't care too much for who Jesus was because he didn't even offer him anything. See, in the Middle East, 2,000 years ago, and even today, hospitality is such an important thing in their culture. To welcome someone into your home can bring you honor or dishonor depending on how well you treat your guests. And so Simon invites Jesus into his home, and he does nothing of what is supposed to be traditional. What, one of the things that was supposed to happen is a servant in the household is supposed to come and wash the people's feet. Because they've been walking around in the dirty streets all day long, stepping in God knows what. And they want to come into a house, and you don't want dirty feet in your house, so they have someone clean your feet. And, and particularly, um, they also welcome their guests with a kiss. You know, that, that, that's a scriptural thing. They say, greet each other with a holy kiss. And that was a, a custom that they had. They would welcome people and they would, with a kiss on the cheek. And they would anoint them. Sometimes they would anoint them. It wasn't always the case, but especially in homes of religious leaders, they'd get some anointing oil and they'd anoint them to welcome them into their home. And they'd tell them, you are welcome here. You are blessed to be here. This is what they were telling them by this. But this man, Simon, offered none of this to Jesus. He offered nothing. And so this gives us a glimpse of, into the attitude and mind of Simon the Pharisee. It tells us that he had no gratitude to who Jesus was. He may have wanted to meet Jesus. That's for certain. He, he may have wanted to have him genuinely in his home. But his attitude was not one of gratitude or love or praise for Jesus because as a religious leader, as a Pharisee, his pride was in that I have gained my righteousness. He thinks that I'm so good, I'm all that, I've got everything together, my life is all together, my family is all together, I am, I've got money, I've got everything that I need, and even then, I have followed the law to perfection. The Pharisees were so strict when it came to following the law that most likely this man would have been considered very righteous. In fact, there are so, there's an instance where Jesus praises the Pharisees for their righteousness. And he tells them that unless you are like the righteousness of the Pharisees, you're not going to have a chance to enter into heaven. Of course, then he tells them later, uh, but that's all on the outside. There's a problem with the inside. He tells us in Matthew chapter 23, he says, you look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. So it's all an act. It was all a pretense. To, to Simon, there was no gratitude in his life because he thought he had gained everything himself. He had earned salvation by what he had done. He had earned forgiveness because he was good enough. But to this woman was a very different story. This woman had experienced grace because to her, she realized, I didn't deserve 
to be forgiven. I didn't deserve grace. I didn't deserve love. But somehow, some way, I know that because I've given myself over to God that he has forgiven me. It doesn't tell us that if, if she had met Jesus before. We don't know. I mean, uh, we have no idea. But he says, you, you look at this woman. It's obvious that she knows that God has forgiven her of so much because she came to show so much love today. And th this story is so beautiful because th this is what gratitude does. This woman changed everything around her. She changed not only the physical atmosphere, but she also changed uh, the, the attitudes of the people who were watching. Because, because up until that point, man, they were just chilling. You know, they were having dinner and they were having lunch and, uh, or what, whatever they were eating. Jesus was relaxing. It even tells us that Jesus was reclining at the table. So he's chill, you know, laid back against the wall. Everybody's having a good time, eating, having fun. And all of a sudden, this woman comes in from off the street. And the whole atmosphere changes. People start wondering, why is this, 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 this sinner here? Obviously, people knew who she was. People knew she had a reputation for something. Her life was full. Of, it even says, the Bible tells us, it said she had lived a life that, that was shameful, that, that people knew about, and they knew who she was. And so the, 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 the Simon, forgot his name, <laughs> Simon, he thinks, he's like, this guy should know if he was really a prophet. He should know. But she comes in and she changes the atmosphere. Because immediately Jesus confronts it and he starts saying, Simon, who has forgiven more? Who, who shows more gratitude? Who shows more love? And Simon knew he was being put in his place because he didn't know. He could only answer the right question. Well, I, I mean, I guess it's the one who got forgiven more. He's like, you're right. And everybody's attitude changed in that moment. No longer did they see this woman as someone who was just a sinner. Now they saw her as someone who was expressing love and gratitude to God. And, and physically she changed the atmosphere of, of the room because she brought in some expensive perfume. Perfume is strong, y'all. Like, that's why you're not supposed to put on a lot of cologne or perfume. This is why I, I, when I was a youth pastor, I, I tried to tell my students because sometimes, you know, uh, when we would go to convention and stuff, teenage boys, they'd get like deodorant and You don't need that much. You don't need that much perfume. You don't need that much cologne. You just need a little dab because it's strong. Even a small little bit of perfume or cologne, can, you can smell, you know. It's powerful. But she brought a jar and she poured it over Jesus' feet. So the whole house now smelled of perfume, probably even, the probably even the street outside. People passing by would be able to smell the perfume coming out of the house. They would, they, she changed everything around her because she decided what I'm going to do in this moment is I am going to live a moment of extravagant gratitude. I don't need to do this. I don't. I don't have to, but I want to because I have been shown extravagant love. So in return, my response is to express extravagant gratitude. 
See, last week we talked about how God loves us with an extravagant love, a love that doesn't make any sense by human standards. It, it's patient. It's, it, it forgives. Even when we're stabbing God in the back, he still loves and forgives us. Even while we were, uh, the Bible tells us, even while we were of no use to God, he loved us still. And that extravagant love demands an extravagant response. And this woman understood that. A lot of times as Christians, we come to church and we think we have done our duty to God just by coming to church. God, I sang a few songs, you know I love you. And then we go about the rest of our week as if God doesn't even exist. We become so busy with our jobs and everything else, or school and whatnot, that we forget that God is even around us at any point in time. And we live our lives really ungrateful lives because God has given us so much and so much blessing, yet we don't even act like it. We don't even live like it. Gratitude, though, is powerful. It changes us and changes others. See, gratitude shifts our focus. Gratitude, you know, we live in a world that's like negative. There's, there's a whole lot of negative stuff. Bad news tra- travels faster than good news. It, it takes a long time for, uh, for, for us to find out anything good. You know, this is not a commercial for the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything. But I remember when the news broke that Spider-Man was out of the MCU. Everybody lost their minds. And Spider-Man wasn't going to be in the, the Marvel movies anymore. Everybody went crazy and everything. And so, like, that was, like, the talk uh, uh, for months. For, like, a month, everybody was talking about that. And then I remember one day, like, I was just scrolling through Twitter or something. And all of a sudden, I saw, like, oh, the Disney and Sony made a deal. And Spider-Man is back in the MCU. And that, and I saw that. And I was like, what? what? When did this happen? It was, like, three days ago. And I'm like, how come nobody's talking about this? Like, that's just a small example of how bad news travels fast. And it stays with us longer. And good news is just like, eh. Here you go. We live in a very negative world. There is so much negativity that surrounds us. Even commercials, no matter how good they sound, are often negative. It's like, well, you're hungry and there's nothing else in the world that's going to satisfy it unless you spend $7.99 on this burger right here. That's bad news. That burger's going to give you a heart attack. It's, gonna, it's bad for your health. and it's, it's just bad news. Commercials will tell you that. Like, if you want to, like... Commercials also don't make any sense either. You know, just don't, don't listen to commercials. Don't buy stuff. <laughs> but gratitude shifts our focus. Because, you see, when we live in a negative world, it's real easy to be the same as the world around us. Because we feed that negativity with more negativity. We look at all the bad news and things like that. You know, everybody has a relative that's always telling you the bad news. Did you hear 50 people died? When? <laughs> Where? <laughs> what, is, what is going on? Like, that's all they tell you. They never call you, never text you to tell you anything good. It's just the bad news that they tell you. And we feed that negativity. But when we are grateful for things, gratitude shifts our focus. When we say, you know what? I woke up today and I wasn't dead. I woke up today, and I was comfortable. I had, a, I had a good sleep. Sometimes we didn't sleep good. There's other things to be thankful for. Did you woke up in a house. 
There's other things to be grateful for. And gratitude shifts our focus. When we start focusing on things that we're grateful for, the negative things start to diminish because we start to see there's actually a lot more good in the world than we thought. Gratitude it improves our mental health that way too. You know, a lot of, uh, I, there are a lot of people in this world that suffer from mental, mental health issues. And we do them no favors by trying to tell them what they need. All we're doing is feeding the negativity. It helps the mental health of others and it helps the mental health of ourselves if we're trying to help people genuinely. Because I, I find, like, mental health is a serious issue in our country and we really do need to do, address it. And we, a lot of times I've seen Christians do this, and you know, maybe they're well-meaning or something, but they're like, well, you know, you don't need counseling. You just need to pray more. That is not how mental health works. Like, yes, we need to pray, but you also need to see a psychiatrist. You also need counseling. You also need to deal with those issues. And that's because those places, those people, they know how to help you focus on things that are not the negative stuff in your life. It helps our mental health if we're focusing on how grateful we are about things instead of how, how miserable we are. Yeah, we know we suffer. You know, I've suffered. I went through a period of my life where I suffered uh, through depression for two years. I didn't tell nobody. I tried to put on a happy face, and there were a few people who figured it out, and they would talk to me about it. And, but through that time, towards the end, what started breaking me out is I started realizing, you know, life isn't all that bad. There are things that are good. People who were willing to help me and not just bash on me for the things that I wasn't doing to improve myself, but people who were willing to sit there and help me focus on what I needed. That's what gratitude helps us with that. Gratitude helps us grow in our faith, in our love for God. You know, in the story, the, Jesus says that the woman showed great love. She did that, and she was able to do that because of how much she knew she had, she had been forgiven of. How much, how much gratitude she had, how much love she had for God because of everything that she had been through and she knew what he had done for her. When we are grateful, we remind ourselves of how good God is. We remind ourselves of how good God is. Because it's easy to remind ourselves of what we don't have or of what God hasn't done. You know, maybe you're praying for something in your life and you're like, God just won't answer me. God just doesn't want to talk to me. I mean, I pray every day. I ask every day and I still don't get an answer. But when was the last time we actually prayed and actually came to church without trying to just get something out of God and instead, God, thank you for what you've already done. Gratitude grows our faith. It grows our love for God because it reminds us of, of, the, of the darkness that he pulled us out of. It reminds us of the healing that he's brought to us. It reminds us of the people that he's moved into our lives that have changed us and helped us. When we're grateful for the people around us, when we're grateful for the things that we already have experienced in God, we begin to love God more. It, it, and, it's, it, and we wonder, why am I not happy? 
The rest of the world seems to have figured out that gratitude is key to living a happier life, yet we focus on the things that are wrong. So how can we do it then? How can we become, or how can we live a life of gratitude? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you some strategies that we can do that for. Um, I'm good on time, I think. I don't know. How do we be more grateful? One, we have to be intentional about it. You are not going to be more grateful uh, on accident. It's not going to happen. You're just not going to go to sleep tomorrow, tonight and wake up tomorrow. It's like suddenly everything is great and I'm going to thank God for everything in the world. No, that doesn't, that's not how life works. You have to be intentional about it. This is the first one. You have to be intentional. You have to wake up in the morning and tell yourself, all right, today, what am I grateful for? What's one thing I'm grateful for? You have to make an effort at it. It's just like anything else in the world. If you want to get better at anything, you have to actually practice. That was, a, that was something that I never did in high school. When I'm, I was in high school marching band, and um, uh, I, w- I, was, I was pretty good, you know, not bragging or anything, but I, I was pretty good. But I could have been a lot better, be- but I never practiced. I never went home and practiced. And because of that, I never became any better. I never became any better than what I was. I hit a certain threshold because of my talent, and I never went beyond that. But if we want to be able to be grateful or, or anything in life, we have to be able to be intentional about it. We have to practice it. We have to put it into practice. Maybe it starts with every day waking up and say, okay, what is one thing? Once we've got our mind together, once we drink your coffee and everything, it's like, all right, what's one thing today that I'm grateful for? We have to be intentional about it. Number two, we have to be, we have to embrace humility. You see, Gratitude is, is the opposite, uh, is one of the opposites of uh, materialism. Because materialism says that you will be happy when you get stuff. But humility tells us I can be happy where I'm at. That I don't need to be more than I am, that I don't need to be more famous or have a bigger job title or make more money or or whatever. I don't need that. Right now, where I am, who I am, I can be grateful. Because we have a lot to be thankful for in our daily lives. And being humble about that means that we can take a moment to look around and actually see it. See, humility keeps us uh, uh, grounded where we're at. You know, ambition and stuff like that, that's a good thing to be ambitious about stuff it is. To, to want more, to reach certain goals and everything like that. We want to be able to do that. But if we focus, if that is our number one focus in life, we will never be satisfied because we will always be looking for the next thing. What's the next thing I can get? What's the next place I can go? But, but humility reminds us, I have something here and now that I can be grateful for. I can live in gratitude right here where I'm at. Number three, stop focusing on what you don't have. This one's hard. I mean, because we all want better pay. You know, we all want a better car, better phone. You know, right now I've been struggling a little bit. I have the iPhone 8. It's a good phone. But uh, it's kind of dying on me. And I'm like, I'm going to make this last as long as I can because I cannot afford a new one right now. And that's, the reality is, is though, we, we, we always focus the, on the things, though, we don't have. I don't have a new phone. 
I don't have a new car. I don't have a better job. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm, I'm single. I'm as single as a Pringle. I don't have this. I don't have the career I want. I don't have the life I want. I'm not happy. I'm not this. I'm not. We, we do these I'm not statements or I don't have statements. And all that does is pull us down. And it's like I said, we, ha- we have to remember to be humble because that gives us a chance. Like, do you have friends in your life? Be thankful for those friends. Do you have family? The, the, you know, some people have lost so many family members. If we have family members, be thankful for that family. Be thankful for who you have around you. Maybe, maybe you don't have the phone you want, but you have a phone. Maybe you don't have the car you want, but you have a car. There are people that don't have cars and they want cars. They need cars. People, there's, there's so much that we have that, that we lose sight of when we focus on what's not there. Well, I don't have a big house. Do you have a house? Well, I think you have something to be grateful for. There are places, I mean, you know, you might like, like drinking tap water. I don't know anybody who does like drinking tap water. If they do, I don't know. We just need to pray for them right here. But tap, like, that is a luxury that we have in this nation. Our nation, like, I don't know if you know this, our nation is one of the richest nations in the world. I'm sure you've heard that before. But it is ridiculously rich. Like, ridiculously rich. There are people in this world that live on less than two, do- two American dollars a day, and that's all they have. That's all they have. There is so much that we have that others do not, and we want more. We need to practice the art of stepping back and saying, you know what, I don't need this extra stuff. I, I, I can be grateful where I'm at right now because I have already so much. I'm blessed with so much. And, and to remind us, the, another thing here, uh, another way we can help us help ourselves be more grateful is be mindful about it. Keep a journal. Write down things that you're grateful for. So if you're having a bad day, you can go back and look back. Keeping journals, like I love to journal. I'm not like the best at it. Like every year I make a promise. I was like, I'm going to journal every day this year. And I do that for about three days. <laughs> and then... And then every once in a while, sporadically. But I like to journal, especially when big things are going on in my life or I'm going through something difficult. Because it helps me kind of focus my mind. And, and keeping a journal of what you're gra- grateful for, what, what, what makes you happy, what you're thankful for, this kind of thing is, it is such a great thing to have. Because you can always look back and remind yourself, you know what, I'm going through a tough time. But right here, right now, I can see that I have a lot. I have a lot that I can be thankful for. I have a lot that God has brought me through. I have a lot that I can trust God in. Bless you. Um, and lastly, express it. Express your gratitude. There, there, is, there, is, there is so much that being grateful in your own head space can do for you. But there is so much more gratitude can do for you if you express it. Just like the woman in the story. She took it upon herself to be extravagantly grateful, show her gratitude, show her love, and she went out of her way. Even though she was probably scared, embarrassed, you know, not sure of what would happen, of what she did, but she's, she's told herself, no, I need to do this because I have to express what is in me. 
That expression can look like different things. Maybe it can look like volunteering and helping those who are less fortunate than you. Expressing it can be actually talking to someone and telling them, you know what, I, I, you know, I'm so thankful for you. Because the truth is, those people that we, we say know that we're thankful for them, they might not know. Chances are, they really might not know. I was watching a, a, a video in all of this. As I prepared. It was a TED Talk about a guy who made, gave himself a challenge to be grateful, to be outwardly grateful three, for 365 days, for one year. And he talked about how much it changed his perspective on life. And, and, and in this particular instance, he said that there was someone that he was, he was on the phone and someone had come, a friend of his, to drop off something. And he was with his mom. His friend was with his mom, and he was on the phone, and he came to drop it off, and he's like, okay, you know, see you later. And he said, but in that moment, like, I had this feeling, he's like, I have never expressed, I don't think, to him how thankful I am for him in my life. And I put down the phone, the person's still talking, and I was like, hey, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to say his name. I don't even remember his name. But he's calling out his name. He's calling his attention. And he goes, hey, I just need you to know. I don't know if I've told you before. He says, but I am so grateful and thankful to have you as a friend in my life. He said in that moment that he saw his friend's mom start weeping because he didn't know. And it occurred to him, he's like, maybe he and her, they've never heard that from anyone before. You, you might think that people know that you're grateful for them, but they might not. That's why this, this, this part of it is so important for us to be able to express our gratitude to God by serving others, to each other, by, by, by actually verbally expressing about it, talking about it. To be able to tell people, you know, I love you and I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful that I know you. Thankful for what you've done. Thankful for how you helped me. When we express it, it opens a new dimension of power. Just like this woman who, who stood among these strangers, these people who she knew what she had done. But she stood there, or she kneeled down before Jesus and did the thing that she wanted to because she said, I need people to know. I need people to know what Jesus has done for me. You see, expression of gratitude helps us also tell people about Jesus and who he is in our lives. When we keep these things to ourselves, when we don't express gratitude, when we don't live with gratitude, people miss it. They miss it. Because they look at you at school, in work, and everywhere you go, and they see you. And, and maybe if you're a little well off or you're not or you're fine and you look happy. And they're like, man, they must know what they're doing. But that might not be the case. You might not have no idea how you are in your, in your current place in life. You might be struggling with something, but you still have a smile on your face. You might be going through something difficult, but be able to say thank you to God. But they don't know that. But when we are able to express that gratitude... You know, gratitude towards God doesn't look the same as we think it does. It's not just coming up here to the altar and saying, thank you, God. That's part of it. 
That's part of our private confession to God uh, uh, of how thankful we can be to him. But there's also a public part. That public part is being able to show that same love that we have received from God to others. That's what that woman did. This man, Simon, he was grateful only to himself. But this woman, she changed everything. She changed that atmosphere. She changed some, she probably changed someone's lives that day. Because this story, Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, her story will be told. This woman who, who we don't even know who she was. Her story is being told because of the love that she showed that she was able to express in response to God's great love. And when we express that, people begin to see something different in us because we change the atmosphere. That gratitude, that love, that changes the atmosphere. It changes lives. It changes people because they, they don't understand that. Like, How can you do that? I'll tell you how, because there's a man, there's a God named Jesus, and he took me out of the darkness, he healed me, he transformed me. My life will never be the same because of the trust I put into him, and he wants the same for you. Would you stand with me this afternoon? There is so much that we have to be grateful for, and my challenge to you today is... Don't let today be over without telling someone, expressing gratitude to somebody, and expressing gratitude to God. Don't let this day be over before you have a chance to say, tell somebody, you know what, you are, thank, thank you for you in my life. Don't let this day go, don't let the sun go down before you tell God, God thank you for all that you have done for me. In this moment, if you, if you, Jesus is here, and he gave his life for us. He gave us so much so that we could be new again, and he wants you to know that he's here for you today. And if you need him today, we're going to pray a prayer for you. And for those of us here who, who have already made that decision, who have already prayed that prayer, I want us to be able to take time today to call out to God, to thank Him and worship. Father, if there's anyone here today that needs you, I just pray that they pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I need you. And I give you my life. Jesus, I need you. And I give you my life. And if anybody prayed that prayer, God, we, we pray over them. We pray that they begin a new journey today, this, this new this new thing to them, that there is so much that you have already done for them, and they might have never known you until this moment. But we pray over the journey that they're going to begin, that we might be able to help them and guide them towards you, so that they may be able to know your love deeper and stronger every day. And for those of us who are here who have already known, to, known you, God, remind us today. Help us remember what you have done for us, so that we can truly stand here and say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you need prayer today, or if you want to pray...
If you enjoyed today's message, like and share it on social media and subscribe so you don't miss anything. If you'd like to support our church as we work to accomplish our mission of reaching our city and our world, go to myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.